It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name is Al Dukes. I'm with Peter Schwartz today. Jerry is a very ill. Very ill, Peter. Very I <coughs> He sent that clip in to let us know how yeah. he was doing. Uh, a woman um, gave birth at a, a 50-cent show recently. <laughs> Strange. Like, why would you be going to concerts if you were nine months pregnant? That's a good question. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't go also anywhere jumping now. jumping around... You know, at a, at a show, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if went, it's medically possible if that helps induce the labor. That could be. So you're saying maybe on purpose she went to see 50 Cent. Uh, this was in Washington State. Uh, she gave birth to a daughter at a 50, 50 Cent show. Then I was reading more into the article. I was like, let me, because it was a lengthy article. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like a woman gives birth at 50 Cent show. Uh, but I was, so I was looking and they go, uh, another woman. Recently gave birth at a pink concert at oh. Fenway Park. At Fenway Park? Yeah. Over the summer. She went to see Pink. <whistles> Out comes a baby. Well, that's definitely a show. I mean, she has a lot of up-tempo songs, so I would imagine, you know, jumping around. Again, maybe that is something that people do if they feel like they, they, the nothing's happening right. and maybe they're overdue mm-hmm. and they want they want that baby to come out. That wasn't the only one then, Peter. I dug a little deeper into this. So you're a good article. investigative reporter. And last year, a woman gave birth to a son at a Metallica show. Wow. Who do you think had the best medical response team, Metallica, Pink, or 50 Cent? Who was most ready, do you think? Peter, if you had to give birth, which concert Where would you... Where was the Metallica concert? Uh, in Brazil. I don't trust Brazil's medical team. I don't trust team. Brazil either, I don't know no. anything about and them. In, uh, the Pink was in Fenway Park. Fenway Park. And where was the uh, 50 Cent? It was in Washington State. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Fenway. I'm, I'm gonna say Fenway too because you know, I, I I've heard good things about doctors in Massachusetts. Right. Plus, it's in the city of Boston. Yeah. Where they probably get a lot of crazy things. Cities more so. It'd be like mm-hmm. if you said, like, would you rather give birth at the Garden? Yes, New York City always chaos. Yeah. Here. Best doctors. Best doctors. But I don't Alex, know if, if yes? Metallica was in Boston, I would go with them more than Pink or Fifty Cent, just because. Because of Metallica's age, the guys, the Themselves, EMTs yeah. are already there. Yeah. For the, <laughs> for the band. <laughs> guys in the band. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. A pink is young, so she'd be last. Uh, 50 Cent is an older fellow now, Eddie. He was, Rolling uh, Stones would have even better uh, medical. That'd be perfect. There'd be someone yeah. on stage. They'll have embalmers ready. <laughs> <laughs> Go see the embalmers. <laughs> Keith is Opening in there up right for now. The Rolling Stones. I see the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame has announced the 173 yes. modern era nominees. Here's the list. No, just kidding. 100. Uh, I was glancing at the quarterbacks. Yeah. There are some dullards in this, uh, mm. on this list. I mean, Mark Bolger. And remember, this is just the initial list. I mean, any uh, I know, but somebody, wh- somebody can be nominated. How is like Mark Bolger, D- Jake DeLome, Doug Flutie? No. Well, what are we doing here, Peter? No. P- 
Peter, you this were is, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What are they doing over there? Uh, I well, I don't know who's nominating. There's yeah. a committee that nominates. It's not the actual Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think there's a just a committee of writers. I think if you get nominated, you get. No- but there's some legitimate names on that list. There are some. Randall Cunningham. Yeah. Mike Vick. Nick Mangold. Oh, he he's not a quarterback though. He's on oh, the I'm sorry, you're only on quarterback. I only was yeah. looking at. Oh, sorry. I Peter, was looking. the most important position in the NFL is quarterback. Someone's got to get him the ball, though. We don't. Care. Someone's got to get the ball to him. We don't care about linemen yeah. and that sort of thing, Peter. We're looking only at quarterbacks. I'd put Michael Vick in just for that one Monday night game when he was just lighting it up. Remember, I think he was on the. Uh... And for going into Green Bay and and winning a playoff game when nobody else had done that before. Right, back in, in the day, time. no one could. You couldn't even win a regular season game in Green Bay. Yeah. Back in the day. That Monday night game where, where uh, Michael Vick was lighting it up, it was Washington against Philly, and mm-hmm. I don't remember which he was on Philly, right? Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. I'd put him in just for that. Just for that. Just for the one game. Oh, that's a Hall of Famer. Now, can Boomer be on this list, or once you're out a number of years, you're off the list? I think you're only on the list for a certain. Then you have to go to the senior committee. That's how Joe uh, Plecko got in. Okay, so Boomer, if he got up, I mean, for it's it. not out of the realm of possibility that if he is nominated for the senior group, he could right. get in. That sounds. I old. think that's already been determined <clears throat> for this year, oh. and he's not on it. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the senior list. But Nick Mangold, if he got in, that would get me back to Canton. Oh, you'd go back for I'd Nick go, Mangold, my son's favorite player. So okay. we would obviously go back for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. You think he's a Hall of Famer, Nick Mangold? I think he will eventually, not first ballot, but I think he will eventually be in. I think you got to be a first ballot or, or you're out. You get one ballot, you don't get in. So, you know what but I mean? You can really only get. I see. I, I I feel the same way a lot about you know first ballot Hall of Famer. If you're if you're if you're not a Hall of Famer on the first ballot, are you really a Hall of Famer? No. But when you only have a certain number of spots open in a class then I think that goes out the window because if you can only put in a certain number of people, and remember, they've got a backlog of of other years where guys were eligible for the first time and didn't make it. So that's going to cause a little bit, unless you're Tom Brady, Dan Marino, you know, whoever, you know, first class without, you know, slam dunk first class players, but there are going to be those guys that will linger and not be in there on the first ballot because they have to catch up on others first. I think there should be another Hall of Fame where it's what you just said. For what you call them, first class, like slam dunk, first, first class. Yeah, that's the Hall of Fame I want. The it, first class slam dunk Hall of Fame. See, I think Deion Sanders said it uh, when this, this just this past summer with the Hall of Fame with so many people going in, and he said there should be a top level to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like and then you have a, a second floor. Yeah. So that you so you you agree. Yeah, so there like should that. be that first level. Yes. Like go up to the third floor and you will see your elite. Now we've got the second floor mm-hmm. that's got just like they were really, really good, but yeah. they're not nearly as good as the guys on the top floor. Right. And the third floor, when they like, you first enter, that's like guys are like, Who was this guy? But he had like good numbers <laughs> for whatever Jake reason. Jake Yeah, Jake. Yeah, on the bottom <laughs> floor he said, Here's the bust of Mark Bolger and Jake Delome. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mike Tomlin, uh, you know him. He's uh, I've heard of him. Yeah, coaches too. What do you make of this? Uh, fans were chanting "Fire Canada." They didn't mean the country, Peter. They <laughs> meant Canada. Uh, they meant the offensive coordinator of the yeah. Steelers, Matt Canada. They've the, been calling for his head for a while. There is in that Pittsburgh. right? Yeah, they don't like. Yeah, I think they want to change too conservative uh, play yeah, calling. Yeah, so they were calling his uh, for his firing. And they asked uh, Mike Tomlin about that uh, yesterday, and he said uh, he appreciates the fans' passion. <laughs> what would you, if you were, what's this guy's name? Matt Canada? Yeah. How would you feel about that if Mike Tomlin said, well, I appreciate their passion? He didn't really say, like, we shouldn't fire Matt Canada. <laughs> I would have liked a better, you know, pat on the back yeah. or something, you know, seal of approval. Yeah, I mean,. Like fire Matt Canada? Why, why? What's his? He's not doing anything wrong. Yeah. So like I, if, if that's me, and the and, and that was brought to my attention, be like Matt Canada's my offensive coordinator. Yes. He's we done feel, a really good job. We feel that he gives our offense the best chance to succeed and gives our team the best chance to win. Now, like we appreciate the fans' yeah. feedback. Yeah. Almost as if you're thinking about like, firing. You know what? I wasn't thinking about firing Matt Canada till I heard the entire stadium chanting to fire him. If you owned a team yeah. or you were the general manager of it, I'd love to do either. Right. Either one of them. Would you take into account how fans feel? Yes. You would? Yeah. So you would make if, – if fans called into a talk show mm-hmm. at a sports radio station and said, wherever you might be working, and said – and like 90% of the callers say, you have to trade player X. Yeah. We don't want it. So you would listen to that and trade him? Yeah, like if I was like Woody Johnson, I'd be like, I'd walk in and be like, we got to get a quarterback. You hear the calls to FAN? We got to get a third, <laughs> get a we gotta get a third quarterback in here. Yeah, that Peter Schwartz, he's upset. You know, yeah, yeah, so I heard Peter Schwartz in an update really really giving us the business. <laughs> we better get in there. I, I well, we we, we hear that John Mara takes into account the fans. You know, we've heard many stories of people emailing John Mara. He always gets back to people, mm-hmm. and he listens. You know, you do need the fans to uh, come to your games and buy your merchandise and all those things. I think you have to take into account some of it. I think it's uh, important to listen to the fans when it comes to non on the field, on the ice, on the court matters. Like if you're a fan and you had a bad experience going to a game, whether it was at the concession stand or the bathroom or your seat was broken or something like that and nothing is done about it, then I can see going as far up. But, I mean, why why would an owner or a GM listen to a fan about player personnel or coaching issues? That's for you to decide what to do. And if you can't, if there's a problem and you can't identify it, then you shouldn't be in that job. You shouldn't be listening to the fans calling in a talk show about I, it. I'm saying not one fan. I mean, like, if there's a groundswell, like the entire stadium's chanting, fire Matt Canada, I'd be like, mm, maybe we got to fire this Matt Canada. But, like, if I get a random phone call that says, fire Sean Marash, <laughs> I'd be like, no. <laughs> Who do you think Spike gets most emails about to fire? I would... I would 
I would think Sean probably. Yeah, I would. I got. I got to think based on everything you read on social media. I would think that. Yes, probably. But you can't listen to that. You can't listen to what the fans have to say. You have to. You you're in charge. But there's certain... and you and you made the hire. And if you're comfortable with that hire, then you stick to your guns. You have to have conviction when you're in a a position of leadership like that. But I also think, you know, sports radio is different than actual sports teams. Because to me. If I'm getting all these emails saying fire Sean Marash, I'm like, we did something right. This Sean Marash is yeah. really getting under people's Pushing the skin. right buttons. Yeah, pushing the right buttons. So I would like that. Right. Well, I'd like to be the guy that he's getting emails about saying fire him. And you know what? If you didn't get those emails, that means people wouldn't aren't listening. Correct. The fact that you're getting, people are still tuning in. Remember in um, uh, the, Howard Stern, in the Howard Stern movie? Um, private Parts. Private Parts. Yeah. When the executive comes in and said, like, all the people who hate, yes. uh, who like Howard Stern, can't wait to hear what he has to say next. And then what about the people who don't like him? They can't wait to hear what he has to say next. So, like, you know, it's... So what you're saying is Sean Marash is Howard Stern. I'm not saying he's Howard Stern. Oh. I'm saying I'm using it as an example of, like, people that even don't like yes. him and can't stand what comes out of his mouth are going to tune in the next day to hear the next ridiculous thing that comes out of his mouth. You know what I like? That Cinco de Fivo at 5 o'clock. You ever hear that? It's a highly rated portion of the program. I love it. This is my favorite part of the program. I will, I t- I've said this before. If I'm like busy and have to turn the radio off and I hear a tease for Cinco de Fivo, I'm like, <laughs> all right. Has he been wearing uh, giant jerseys that don't fit? I haven't seen him. You haven't seen him? I don't we, see him anymore uh, now. We did that, we did that bit. Overnights on uh, down the hall. Where he wears he- uh, 30, 30. We did this thing one time uh, with DA, 30 jerseys in 30 days. And he came in every day with a different giant jersey. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them did not fit him <laughs> anymore. And actually, I, I took it upon myself to reach out to the Giants. And we got him a, a, a custom-made jersey wow. that fit him um, for the last day of the 30 days. But nice. yeah, he had some real... I would say beauties, but no, they were not beauty. They were but tight. They, they were tight. But you do want. I like when uh, the players in games wear a tight jersey. You can't grab them. Well, you have to, yeah, because yeah. you don't want people ripping that, you know, pulling you down by the Correct. jersey. Or you end up like that uh, Earl Campbell video where he's against the Rams and they're just ripping his <laughs> jersey right mm-hmm. off. Peter, let's take a break here. Sure. When we come back, I've got some. Let me see which what I'm going to tease you with here. I'm going to do. Have to do with a white flag. Uh. I had a couple of football notes. I got okay. a couple of media notes I'd like to get to. Maybe even a baseball note or two. I'm going to have to go through these quickly, though. Yeah. Peter. Then at 6 o'clock, Boomer and Gio will be here.